Hello, this is another edition of the MSP Initiative Live. Today is the 25th of April. And the year is just on fire, guys. It is just really, you know, before you know it, we're going to be in June. It's going to be summertime. Everybody's going to be, you know, out and about and, you know, on vacations. But uh, before we get to there, we definitely have some time to, uh, to catch up on some things. Let's just, just do some general housekeeping and then we will get into the good stuff so mspinitiative.com this and every other uh session we've ever done uh, will be under the sessions tab so feel free to check the uh video or podcast uh, uh podcast format here we have our msp community minds events coming up in denver in august uh, we'll be bringing different speakers from around the industry to help workshop you through ideas more than just going through a PowerPoint presentation and then you walking away with a list of things that, let's face it, you never do. So we're switching it up uh, totally free for MSPs to join us. And we encourage you to um, go to mspinitiative.com, click on Community Minds and go ahead and register for Denver. We have multiple, that's right, multiple block parties set up for this year. One's coming up in a couple of weeks here in Prague for the Enable event. Uh, yes, if I have never been to Prague, this will be my first time. But if you happen to be uh, in the uh, European sector, if you would, and want to join us, feel free to uh, just click on MSP Block Party Prague. We have another one in Europe coming up at the end of June, which is the DadoCon uh, Dublin event. It's actually just over in Dublin to check out our party venue. Uh, so that's going to be a good one. We have our um, MSP Community Boat Party. This is in conjunction with the Taylor Business Group Big Big Conference. Uh, we have, or if you just happen to be in Fort Lauderdale area, <laughs> come and join us. Um, we also have a DadoCon Miami event coming, which for some reason isn't listed. So if you're going to the U.S. DadoCon event in Miami, feel free to join us. And lastly is our you know end of year block party. And yes, we will have a new band. Uh, last year we had the All American Rejects and it was spectacular, even though it was in the middle of a hurricane force winds, we will be bringing you a new radio recognizable band and uh, feel free to uh, check back in because we'll, we'll give you hints as we get closer towards announcing something. Lastly, um, second to last, we have community offers and we'll have a few more popping up here under the offers page. And then there's our industry calendar if you wanted to follow kind of like what's happening in and around MSP land and exactly what's going on uh, for you to like plan your calendars accordingly. So all of that is at mspinitiative.com. Otherwise, welcome to the show today. Uh, our guest speaker today is another George, two Georges for the price of one. George Smith from um, Augment. Uh, but before we get into your company, George, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, George. I feel like it's going to be, I wonder how many times we'll say George uh, in this conversation. But it's yeah. Be like, I'm, is it George, uh, this George or that George? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, doing well, doing well. So you had, you had some safe travels then back from uh, over in the Emerald Isle? Yeah. Well, it was my first time taking Aer Lingus. Um, it will be my last time taking Aer Lingus. Um, it wasn't good. I mean, I got there. I didn't quite make it back. I had to make alternative arrangements. So I love when like after you can't get onto a plane and after you call in and told that you can't speak to a manager, you get a text message on your phone saying, hey, our check-in system was broken. Sorry. Hopefully that wasn't an inconvenience. Yes, it was an inconvenience. Yes, I had to like work really hard to find another way home, pay extra money, go through a bunch of you know changes. Um, not good. Not good. But hey, I did definitely make it to Dublin, uh, which, by the way, was very alive uh, and it was pretty good weather, which was good. And I know that sometimes you don't always get good weather in that part of the world, uh, but uh, very excited for that Dublin event in uh, in June. I think our our venue is going to be pretty, pretty memorable. And yeah. then um, I was able to spend some time with the guys over at Network Group. Um, so they had their annual like awards gala. I don't know why we, you know. We really don't have black tie events here on the U.S. side. Um, I don't know why, but it was cool. They just love, they love getting dressed up. They've got all those old fancy suits they like to put on, right? So yeah. So that so then I added like a dash of American to that, and like at the end of the night when people are like definitely three, four, five beers in, then the pizza shows up, and that's my contribution to people in tuxes with one beer in one hand and a slice of pizza in the other, and it just seems like it was made to be. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and just a little, just a little bit of pizza sauce on their very nice white white shirt. Of course, because like that's how it goes, right? If you're not spilling stuff on yourself, then you probably aren't doing it right, right? That's it. That's it. Let me ask you this, though, George. Did you get a good pint of Guinness while you were in Dublin? Did you try it? Did you notice a difference? I did. I did. It was it was definitely fresh. There's no question about that. But like, you definitely should plan your Guinness drinking around, you know, in between meals because it'll uh, it'll fill you up for sure. Sure does. No, it was good. It was very good. And uh, I, I I hear that the conference will might have a special, I think they've already announced it, that they'll be doing the conference party at the Guinness um, factory, right? Or oh, the, the gate house. Awesome. Yeah, yeah that's really cool and the, the bar at the top. Um, so that's cool. And then on the first night, we'll be doing the block party, which uh, again, we did not even know about the venue that we're ultimately doing this at. Uh, we had to have somebody from Dublin who's like a local say, hey, check out this thing. And I'm like, wow, where did this come from? So it was definitely like an eye opener and um, shocker. We kind of had like a little, you know, taste of the menu because, you know, we want to make sure people have some stuff to munch on. And I would I, I was just totally floored that their their pizza is pretty good. <laughs> I, I, I never uh, tagged Dublin as a good pizza place, but uh, <laughs> no, they're no more. OK, that's awesome. Yeah. So how about a Guinness and a pizza? Does that sound good? Or a Guinness pizza, you know, kind of combine the two. I'm not sure what that would look like, a big black bit of bread. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure about that one. But yeah, just I, keep them separate. Yeah, I think I think separate is probably the better flag. Um, so that being said, excited to get over to Prague. Hopefully it's not a you know version of Taken 1, 2, or 3, and like I make it back in one piece, even though you know, the security of the airports of the world feel like I'm vaguely ethnic, or so I'm told. Um, so let's talk about you, George, right? I mean, would love to understand your background and how you got into, you know, the IT uh, land, if you would, or the MSP sandbox, I like to call it. Yeah. Uh, give us some background on yourself. Sure. Uh, so uh, prior to working at Augment, I actually uh, worked for, for an MSP in Canada. Um, so I'm kind of familiar with some of the day-to-day -day challenges that, that MSPs go through. And we specifically actually focus on healthcare as well, which was uh, a unique challenge in itself, because for anybody else who, who works in the healthcare sector, you know that a lot of the the doctors, the folks there, they're they're not traditionally technical people, but they like things done a particular way. And so um, there's some uh, some teething processes and educational uh, meetings that you need to have in order for everyone to get on the same page, so that you can deliver good quality IT services. Um, but that was kind of really in its own little bubble, I would say. I would say that the MSBA that I was at didn't really um, get its feet wet in. What this thing we call the channel too much uh, and then coming to augment kind of really blew blew the doors open to me to uh meeting people like yourself george other vendors all uh, sorts of msps not only in north america but across the globe and really just diving deeper into managed services sort of the um past present and future yeah that's fantastic i mean it's amazing <laughs> probably the people that do a lot of events in the sandbox probably don't don't like the fact that pretty small percentage of, of the overall. And, and by the way, the number changes every day. I don't know if it's 80,000 MSPs, 100,000, 150,000. Everybody has a different number for some reason, but it's amazing how small the percentage of the number of global MSPs actually make it out to channel events, mm -hmm. um, which, which is definitely interesting and a little bit of a head scratcher, but I guess everybody learns through the screen, right? I like to be yeah. an in-person guy, but I digress. Um, Let's learn a little bit about your company. Um, interesting background because I believe the founder of your company has been around the block for a while. Yeah, they both of them have. Um, yes, yeah, so the you know Augment is it's a it's a Canadian company uh, founded by by Gavin Garbutt and, and Derek Belair. Uh, Gavin was the original co-founder of Enable back in two thousand, uh, and Derek was his first uh, first employee. So these guys have been working in the channel for over twenty years now, and have been working with you know tens of thousands of MSPs. But um, you know the kind of the kind of background is there. Back when before MSPs even existed, I guess when folks were still doing break fix, uh, heading out to sites a lot, 
diagnosing the problem, getting back in the van, getting the part, getting back in the van, coming back to the site, fixing it. Uh, Gavin was was speaking to um, a lot of IT consultants at the time, and it was a, a very sort of, wouldn't it be nice if there was a way you could do things remotely? And uh, so, you know, the world's first re remote monitoring and management system was born. And fast forward 20 years, every MSP now uses an RMM. So with Augment, it, it's funny how technology can be quite cyclical. We're, we're seeing a similar trend now with this huge shift of IT very much moving towards the cloud and this explosion of SaaS adoption. Uh, you know, we're, we've been, um, I don't even know uh, how, how many apps we, we've kind of used just in our correspondences, George, but we're on Zoom today, we used email, you know, Slack, whatever it is, everyone's using SaaS. But uh, there hasn't really been, I guess, an upgraded set of tools that are allowing MSPs to, to really manage and secure SaaS and, and offer that enhanced uh, cybersecurity, specifically with a lens through cloud applications. So that's what we're all about at Augment. It's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree with you that most RMMs have really been geared towards infrastructure you control, right? Um, mm -hmm. When it comes to SaaS, when you don't really have that level of access and everything's done via web apps and APIs and stuff like that, a little bit harder to get your hands around. And let's face it, you just assume things are being done. But as we've realized, if you read real deep into the fine print, maybe not so much, right? Uh, I, I, somebody had pointed out to me the other day that QuickBooks Online doesn't back itself up. So if yeah. there's an outage at QuickBooks, then oops, you, know, you lost your data. And I was like, oh, that's not good. And then, of course, we all know Microsoft, well, they actually tell you they don't back it up past a certain yeah. point if you're on your own. And then, like, that's just like the actual data itself, right, which has value. We all know data, depending on who you're working with and what's in there uh, is important. Um, the concept of, you know, identity, right, especially where you know, it's not just the, the username and password you used to get into your phone or your computer. Now, all of these SaaS applications kind of on their own island to some degree, right? And like, I don't know if the password manager goes, you know, like that's like the easiest thing to do, right? Hope rely on a password manager and hope that you've randomized your password across all these different SaaS apps. But well, you know, history tells us, and as far as I'm concerned, there's not the percentage of companies that are being supported by MSP still are not really adopting that, right? Like it's a very low percentage. So like, it's definitely a concern now, right? Because now this third party out there, whoever these SaaS apps are, are being controlled outside of your, you know, kind of fingers. Um, we don't know what's really happening, right? Until there's a problem or unless somebody specifically asks a question. Um, and yes, there's absolutely an explosion. There's no doubt about that. I mean, just think about, I'm thinking about apps that MSPs use on the regular, right? File sync and share, right? Could be a Dropbox, could be a OneDrive, could be something like that. Um, obviously email, obviously, you know, all the MSP centric tools, but let's talk about for a second, the tools that the end customers use, right? Oh, there's sure. email sending apps for mass emails. There's CRM apps. There's, you know, them logging into third-party sites for things like credit card bills and you know finance and sales right and like marketing design all that stuff and then even within the certain verticals uh i'll, I'll pick on dentists because we're able to see a lot of that dentists have some weird apps that nobody else uses right but but everything you're saying is true george is, is just it's it's you know msps have kind of lost uh visibility into what's happening and, and unfortunately in this modern hybrid work from home world, a lot of the times that the customer is actually dictating now the direction of IT because they're able to sign up to, to whatever they want. Um, but they're not really thinking about the big picture. And you know, I'll give you a specific example. You know, at Augment, we're able to provide you with a list of all the, the SaaS applications that folks are using. So it really positions you, the MSP, as you know that that authority on IT and to have those conversations around risk, around cost, around productivity. Uh, but a key example would be something like you know we know there's apps out there that, that get breached all the time. Uh, we'll pick on something like Canva, just as a as something everybody knows. Canva gets breached. Pardon pretty popular yeah 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 so kind of gets breached msp says to their their client listen kind of has been breached so you know just be aware that that's a risk we should, might, might have to do some some work around that 
And the customer's like, well, we don't use Canva. And it's like, well, are you sure? Do you know for a fact that no one at your 30 person organization hasn't signed up for a Canva account because they're not trying to be malicious. They just want to be able to easily design things. They, they want to do their job better. They want to be more efficient. So that's question one, number one. Question number two, you already spoke about randomizing uh, passwords, using password managers. Those are great tools and it's a great, it's a great first step, but are people actually using it? And so the second question becomes, okay, if they're using it, are they using their corporate email and this, that same password with the capital letter at the start and the exclamation mark at the end? Because, oh, we've got to have it this length and it's got to have you know a capital letter and a, and a, and a figure. Well, we kind of know that's, that's what people go to, right? And sure, if a hacker gets um, a hold of those details, they log into Canva, you know, there's maybe not much, much of interest there, but you can bet the first thing they're going to try is Microsoft and see if that email and, and password works for Microsoft. And then all of a sudden they're in your Microsoft environment and, and that's a completely different problem altogether, isn't it? It's amazing. The, you know, we call it the low hanging fruit problem, right? Like, yes, because people have very you know, little imagination on their passwords, right? Especially if they keep using them in very simple variations across many apps, right? Like, it's just very interesting to me that PayPal doesn't even ask you to put MFA on. You actually have to go and specifically enable that separately. I was talking to our friend, Matt Lee, a few weeks ago, and he was like, you know, it's very interesting when you go to the Microsofts of the world and you ask them, well, how come you just don't turn this on by default? They're like, oh, well, we can't do that. And it's like, well, <laughs> wait a minute. Shouldn't this, the, the, the starting position be secure? And then you have to like weaken the security rather than the other way around? Just doesn't seem to be the case. It's it's funny that because that that's something I mean specifically on MFA you know we we really advocate our, our our partners like I think a lot of the time it can be a little bit overwhelming right this SaaS explosion we know that we need to upgrade our security we know we really need to build a strong security baseline but as an MSP where do we start so okay let's start with Microsoft we know that that's a very popular application that we can do do better at securing um you know I I'm, I'm not sure if, if folks on the call are familiar with this but you know Microsoft has a lot of great security checks, policies and procedures you can implement, but they don't come set up out of the box. Just like you're saying, George, is like MFA, can you guys not just in, like have that set up to default? Well, we could, but we're not going to, right? So and it's like, okay, well, why is the default setting not secure? And, you know, who really knows the, the real answer? Maybe it's too much hassle for them, but for an MSP to go tenant by tenant by tenant, log into a particular customer portal, find out all the issues that are going on within that particular client environment, then actually fix and remediate it, log out, clear the cache, do the same thing for tenant number two, different set of employees, different set of users and problems, work it out again, go through kind of and the Microsoft portal for anyone who's been there will know how convoluted and complex it can be. It's, you know, it's, it's like a labyrinth in there. Again, log out, clear cache. By the time you've, you've, got to your fifth client, your Microsoft client, it's Wednesday already. And you probably need to go back to the first guy that you looked at to make sure that everything is still set up as it should be. Everything's green and looking okay. So at all meant with that, that's really what we do. We're helping simplify that by pulling all that information into a multi-tenant portal. So it's very easy to identify the risk, get your roadmap of what you need to do, and then actually remediate against it. But Interestingly enough, you were talking about MFA, George, and why is it not not default? We say for MSPs, like that's what you guys should be doing. Like you should that that should be the kind of conversation that you're having with your clients around cybersecurity. Is this is what we're offering? This is the the price. And if if you're not okay with that, then okay, you can go shopping elsewhere and, and give that decision. Because um, do you, are you aware of what? Uh, uh, I think it's Denmark, maybe followed by Costa Rica, have the highest um organ donation rates in the world um and do you know why that why that is, is? That, is that legal or illegal or no like legal like like sanctioned approved organ okay. donation they're, nobody's they're like, gonna like disappear me i sh i wake up in a no. bathroom with like you know yeah no no that, that might be a couple of other South American countries, maybe, but not not Denmark or well, Denmark, Europe, but the Costa Rica. The the reason is is because on the driving license, that's it, it's automatically opt-in. So so they're not forcing you to do it. They're just saying, if you don't want to be an organ donor, you got to go through the, pro the administrative process of removing yourself. And so a lot of people, because human beings, you know, hate anything that, that, that's, you know, going to take take time and uh, a little bit of effort. It's like, ah, I'll just leave it. It's fine. People can have whatever they want after. 
after I'm dead versus what we do, you know, in, in, in Canada, America, where it's like, if you want to be an organ donor, well, you got to sign up and go through this process. And so a lot of people go, ah, well, I'll do it later or another time. So applying that to security practices, I think is, is a really key thing that a lot of folks can do just to say, no, this is what's happening. This is the default. And if you don't like it, you can opt out at any time, but no, this is, this is where we're starting. Yeah. The <laughs> opt out of organ donation. That's very interesting. Um, I'm starting to see people adopt the, I don't know if you've seen it. I, I mean, since we're talking about Microsoft, there is the concept of, uh, you know, a risky user, right? There's a designation in Microsoft where they're like, hmm, not hundred percent sure about this account. We feel it's at risk. And if you try to sign into other Microsoft accounts, like with SharePoint or, you know, Teams or OneDrive, it'll actually tell you, sorry, you can't log in because you are designated as a risky account. You need to go clear that problem before we'll let you actually proceed forward. I don't even think people realize that's a thing. No, I don't think they do. And I, I think a lot of um, MSPs are familiar with the concept, but end users aren't even familiar with, with that concept or, or even the simpler one of like, Microsoft will give you a secure score. Your secure score is 25%. You're only a quarter <laughs> secure, right? And and then and here's all the reasons why. And it does, it takes into account risky users. It takes into account like the amount of sort of threats that are impacting or, or targeting your, uh, your account, your portal, um, all the different activity that's going on in there. And that's something, that's a great metric that, you know, MSPs can leverage to say, you're here. If you pay me to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G and enforce and monitor that on a continued basis, we'll get you up to here and we'll keep you there. Okay. And that's a simple score that we can we can use to show that that enhancement and those advances. Um, but yeah, it starts with with the end user realizing that, you know, Microsoft doesn't come secure out of the box. It takes time and effort and work from a professional to do that. And those professionals want to be paid for that skill set and service. And security is not a uh, a project it's a discipline right it's not something that you just do and it's done it, it, it requires continuous monitoring enforcing and and kind of review and, and and pivoting because you know better than anyone george the the attacks you know and and, and the, the the threat vectors are changing all the time um you know everyone's talking about ai and how great it is it is but it's also the biggest present that hackers will ever get as well right so yeah Any, anything that's good can be used in a bad way there's no question about that I've even already heard that Microsoft's going to maybe change the MFA approach so that you actually have to type in a random code rather than just put yes or no, because people are just hitting yes or no because of fatigue, right? You know, yeah. MFA fatigue, and they're just constantly approving stuff when maybe they're not even trying to access things. Um, you know, that being said, so tell me a little bit more about the experience in Augment. Is it specifically around Microsoft or is it multiple SaaS applications coming into your multi-tenant portal? Yeah, so we have, I would say the easiest way to describe it is we have three different modules, uh, Discover, Engage, and Secure. In a nutshell, Discover is sort of the, the wide net. It's all about shadow IT. So Discover is that module that will give you a full list of all the, the cloud applications that your, uh, um, your customers are using. So you can build that report, you can filter it and categorize it. So you can even get right down to the user level. So as for your point, George, if there's a particular risky user, maybe it's a sales or marketing person who's always signing up for things they shouldn't be. Um, maybe it's Brad on the call here. You can generate a, a report specifically designated to Brad and say, did you know that Brad is using Dropbox as well as a North Korean file sharing app? And he's on it every other day. Let's let's talk about that and investigate it further. So it's really the, the visibility piece. Um, Engage is our second module. In a nutshell, it is for Microsoft and Google, and it's just it's just making life easy for your technicians and your non-technical staff. Uh, simply put, whenever uh, you know a common ticket comes in, I'm talking things like password reset, onboarding, offboarding, license management, turning on MFA, blocking, signing. You know, 80% of the most common tickets that come in, tick the user, click that button, done in augment so in that way using msp can start having interns or office administrators or uh, even like offshore help desks begin to resolve those tickets within augment with a click of a button because all the best practices are baked in and not have to give them full access to the microsoft or google portal so that's that's uh, module number two module three is, is is our most popular one it is the secure module and it's that deep dive into microsoft so it's all about simplifying microsoft security what I was saying earlier about going tenant by tenant, 
I mean, it's just so cumbersome. And the reality is that, is that a lot of MSPs aren't doing it. Or if they do do it, they kind of one and done it and then don't really check in on it or monitor or enforce it. And so Secure is, is, is giving you that multi-tenancy and a nice clean user interface so that you can actually start just better, better increasing Microsoft security and it not being such a pain in the butt to do. Yeah, the ongoing part for sure is true, right? Like, hey, they, they, they onboard a new client for the first time, whether they already had an existing Microsoft tenant or not. They'll go through, they'll go through their checklists and run their scripts and like automate, you know, as much as they can to get them to where they hope they need to stay. And then like time goes on, right? And a couple of yeah. things happens. One, you know, users press buttons they shouldn't. That happens all the time. Two, the person who's creating or adjusting things on the day-to-day -day is different. And so everybody's doing it in a different way. And then all of a sudden there's no standardization. And then, you know, fast forward, there's an issue or you have to like, you know, go through some sort of compliance check and you find out that it didn't stay the way that you started. Right. I mean, like that's pretty regular, I would think. Yeah, that, that's exactly it, George. And what we're, I would say what we're trying to do simplified is, is just build that wall within Microsoft, build your security baseline up to like a 90% setting. That's your security baseline. That's where you want things to stay. But to your point, People change things all the time. So another feature that we have is actually what we call posture alerts, which will send a ticket through to your PSA if there's ever been a decrease in compliance. So for example, uh, let's say we get MFA rolled out across a company across the board. Great. Everyone's got MFA turned on. There we go. That's unfortunately where a lot of MSPs stop, but the reality is things change, and but you know you don't want to have to keep checking manually every day. So if someone does turn off MFA, or another good example is a new user starts and doesn't get MFA set up, well, Augment will actually alert you to say, you know, there's been a decrease in compliance. It's actually around user MFA. This person doesn't have it on. Go, you know, uh, go fix it. And you can actually then set it up within Augment as well. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a, this is a true story uh, that we had as well with a, a technician. You just talking about process and standardization. Uh, a technician, help desk technician got a call from a CEO of a company who was livid that MFA was turned on. He didn't really understand, you know, the benefit of the CEO is always against MFA. Go ahead. Yeah, well, it's taking this because it's 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 time, right? It's taking time and they want it now and blah blah blah. So he was freaking. I was just like, like, I don't care what this is, like you need to remove it, like right now. Like I'm in a meeting and this is slowing things down. Da, 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 da. So L1, you know, technician does exactly as he's told because he wants to provide good customer service, removes MFA for that CEO, but that that's not documented or logged anywhere so all of a sudden now you know as of a wednesday afternoon the ceo of one of their top clients now doesn't have mfa and uh, nobody knows about it right so it's, it's really that piece of coming back to like monitoring and enforcing once you set things up is, is critical uh in cybersecurity best practices yeah that's very interesting and, and once you start getting down certain verticals the reporting part super important right like you need to be able to prove you know, that these things were on in a set period of time. And I think, you know, that's where people fall down usually, right? Like, unless you're specifically going and capturing things on the regular, that reporting doesn't exist. And then all of a sudden, when you're challenged for it, you can't, you know, you can't actually provide that. So that's definitely a concern. So like, that's very, so the concept around the, the company and what the, you know, the platform does is actually pretty good. I, I mean, because quite frankly, Every MSP struggles with this. Now, how they attack it may be different, but I'm going to go back to the whole, remember I said earlier, hey, password, you know, kind of managers are not very well adopted within the customers of MSPs. This is probably a very low percentage on MSPs that have a continuous, a continuous answer for this. Yeah, it's, it, I think it just comes back to being like proactive, right? And that, that's really what, we, what we're, we're focused on. There, there's a, a lot of great tools out there that will let you know when something bad has happened, but unfortunately it's already happened, right? So that's why we, we kind of come back to that analogy of like, we're building the wall. Like if you have a burglar alarm in your house, great you're going to be notified whenever someone's broken in. What we're trying to do is, is equip your house with a floodlight, a guard dog, a fence, make sure the door is locked, the curtains are drawn, and then, you know, kind of educate your uh, your kids as well to not answer the door to strangers, okay? So that whenever that burglar alarm goes off, you know that it's actually a genuine threat and concern, and it's not like, I don't know, your dog or cat walking past or, or your kid playing with something that 
that you shouldn't write. So um, just trying to make it easy for MSPs to, like I say, build that security baseline and, and start with start with Microsoft and within Microsoft, start with MFA, right? Uh, and build your way from there. Like the best, the best time. What's that phrase about the oak tree? Like the best time to um, plant an oak tree was yesterday. The second best is today. So just just start. And it all meant because our our founders come from Enable, and because they've been working in the channel so long, they're very familiar with how MSPs like to do business. So we make the product available. You get a full NFR for free. We actually have a, a limited time offer where you can get free licenses. So there's no cost for entry, just use the product and see um, the benefit it can provide to you and the money you can make from it. Uh, monthly billing and a full go-to-market and complimentary onboarding program. So, you know, why not? Yeah, I mean, sounds like you made it to the point where it's, you know, definitely worth taking a look at. I mean, it's, it's curious, right? So you've been now bouncing around now that you've been on the vendor side of the aisle, right? I'm still wondering how many people don't you know like they're doing the bare minimum so, so to say right like you know the this whether it's the 80 or 150,000 MSPs worldwide i mean are you still running into a, you know the conversations where the, you know people are like hey they just need it for email right they're just doing the bare minimum they're just they're just doing it for onedrive you know they're 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 still kind of leaning away from the cloud you still you still hear a lot of that or is it really the other direction I think it's a good question. I think it's it's a mixed bag, right? We we see you know uh, differences with MSPs' approach in terms of geography, uh, where where they are in the world, in terms of size. You know these sort of larger, uh, sophisticated MSPs versus you know the the one, two, three, four man shops. Um, but I mean, realistically, George, like anyone who's who's not paying attention to the fact that cybersecurity is where the future is and things like compliance like i would say the buzzword of last year was cybersecurity the buzzword of 2023 will be compliance and if you're an msp that's that's not going to really focus on helping manage risk and secure your clients and, and you still think that the network is going to be a big source of of um of income for you and you know still selling hardware like servers switchers and routers like the stats are right there from gardner like those guys are going to become obsolete in the next few few years um so so it really is about focusing on security whether you want to specialize in in SaaS or be more consultative um or, or continue to specialize in, in infrastructure but you know msps are going to have to become uh you know much better at, at security and, and kind of walk that walk as well as talk the talk for their clients 100 percent. no i i i still think to your point when we started off this call the traditional RMM, some of them have tried to integrate into things like Intune, right? You know, mm -hmm. like where they're trying to hook in via API to like the back end of Microsoft, but it doesn't feel like SaaS is their primary focus. And I would mm -hmm. argue that the tool that goes out and finds out what your customer is actually using, which is actually an interesting conversation for a second. How do you know if like, are you just looking at their browser history or you go to their credit card? But how do you figure out what they're using? So we have a, a lightweight specifically for Discover for for getting pulling that information. We have a lightweight agent that can be deployed via RMM, uh, for example, or PowerShell. There's lots of different methods for for installation. But what it's doing, George, is it's uh, it's parsing out the the web traffic uh, of that particular user and setting that against our database of over twenty two thousand different SaaS applications. So Augment has one of the the largest SaaS databases in the world. And to be clear, what we're doing is we're really just interested in cloud applications. So if someone is on an adult website or a gambling website, we're not pulling that information. We're just giving the list of they're using Asana, Adobe, Slack, Office, Google Drive, whatever. We can then categorize those reports. And because we have the uh, the agent, we're actually able to get that granular user information where not only can we see who is using what, we can see how often. And we can also differentiate between if it is the browser version of an application or the desktop. And that's important to understand as well, because if we use the example of, of a Dropbox or something like that, someone who's used the browser version of Dropbox once in the past three months, it's probably fair to assume maybe a client left something there. Because we've all like we've all been there, right? Trying to send a video and the email doesn't work. You're like, uh, like we all we all sign up to Shadow IT, even though you know we know it's it, it's 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 unsanctioned. 
that compared to someone who's got Dropbox installed on their company laptop and is using it every other day, like, well, what the heck is going on there? Do they have a second job? Are they stealing corporate information? Like, what are they doing? How much data are they getting? Why are they sharing it? Considering no one's meant to be using Dropbox. So, you know, that's that's a key piece of information that you as an MSP can present as part of an audit, a QBR, your VCIO services, and kind of leave that hook dangling to be like, there's something going on here, but you're not really paying me to investigate why it is. So, but if you want to, here's a package that I have, or here's an, an enhanced service that I can offer and we can get to the to the bottom of it. But it is something you should be concerned about because it is risk. There's also the cost, like why, you know, oh, you've got no money for cybersecurity services. Well, I can show you that you're paying for five apps to do the same thing. Okay, you've got licenses for Slack, Teams, Zoom, like all these different communication apps that we've stripped that down to two. Would you be able to have some money for enhanced cybersecurity services as well? What about the fact that you say, you know, you need 20 licenses of Salesforce because it's your CRM and everyone has to have access to Salesforce. I can show you that only three people log into Salesforce on a regular basis. And of those three, it's only one person using it every other day. The other two only log in on a Friday, maybe to just pull a report, to pull a report. Do you actually need 20 licenses of Salesforce? That's a pretty big monthly expense for you that you can, you know, save or repurpose for something else. So information is key. And that kind of line from the Cheshire Cat in Alice in Wonderland, he says, you know, if you don't know where you're going, it doesn't really matter what path you take. The same is true for security. If you don't know what people are using, you, you know, if you, if, if you don't know what people have, it doesn't really matter what, secure, what security protocols you have in place. So a couple of things come to my mind as I'm just hearing you talk. So like obviously chat GPT and all these other, like AI is exploding right now, right? Across all these different new offerings out there. Uh, <laughs> having, you know, thinking about having somebody do your work for you while well, you just have the robot do it. And I, I was reading a story about uh, a guy who was working at Verizon, who was like considered one of their top programmers. And like this connection from China kept on coming in and they thought maybe this was a security thing. No, it was this firm that this guy was outsourcing his work to VPNing into his work computer and they were writing the code for him while he was like, you know, not working, right? He would like make it look like he was busy, but reality, everybody else is doing his work. And then like, finally, somebody in like corporate IT was like, what is this traffic coming from? And they found out the dude wasn't actually doing the job he was hired to do. And I'm like, Huh. I wonder how much of that's actually happening. Yeah, I've, I've heard stories of like that as well. I think, you know, with, with AI and just how, I mean, chat GBT when it first came out and I was playing around and it blew my mind and speaking to, you know, uh, it's worrying for sure for a lot of people out there who, you know, do copywriting or or, or different content creation. I, I kind of was joking around with a partner the other day. They were like, oh, well, we can like, we'll do a little blog and um, you know, we've got a, a copywriter and like, they'll have it done in a couple of weeks. I was like, listen, I got a copywriter too. His name's ChatGBT and he can get it done in two minutes. So, yeah. Yeah. I wonder, you know, I wonder how, if people get to the point where they're using this so frequently, I wonder if you, you're going to start spotting things where you're like, oh, nope, the computer wrote that, not a human being. I have a feeling it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll be the next tool, right? Is like, you've got this, this, th these amazing systems that can quickly generate information. And then you're going to have to have the, the actual quality checker or, or human checker. Um, so I, th I think they already have it at like the school level, right? Where they're like, how much was any of this written by chat GPT? And they give you a percentage now. So the oh, it does. Cause I was going to say being a teacher yeah. right now, unless you go back to like handwritten essays would be a nightmare, right? Like all like just homework done. Even that there's, you know, videos online of like, you know, preschoolers doing their times table and they're just, it's not even, it's not even chat GPT. It's Alexa, like Alexa, what's four plus four. And Alexa's like eight. It's just, just writing it down. So um yeah it's very interesting times like as you said like technology can be really good can also be used for bad as well right so yeah i'm gonna go back to the flashcards and the uh you know trying to figure out what it was on the back yeah. um so moving forward is the plan for your company to get you know so obviously you have google obviously you have microsoft obviously you have this let's figure out what you're using which by the way, I think would shock a lot of people. Anytime somebody's done an audit of SaaS apps, there's way more, especially the free trials, right? Where it's like, yeah. hey, there's a premium tier. All of a sudden, you'll be surprised how many people are using stuff. What What's the future look like, right? Is the intention to go deeper into other widely used SaaS apps? Is it specifically around the collaboration apps with Microsoft and Google? 
paint us the future a little bit. So I think that the the future looks like for lack of a better term, an RMM, but specifically for SaaS. And I think it starts with, with Microsoft. That's where we're seeing a huge amount of interest and traction because it's the number one application used in the world, but it's not fundamentally multi-tenant. Microsoft, let's face it, doesn't really care about MSPs. They Every so often they poke their head and go, oh, we got this thing, or maybe, but it's not really helpful. Um, you know, Some people talk about Lighthouse and it, it does some things, but any conversation I've had, with MSPs always goes one of two ways. Oh, we heard about Microsoft Lighthouse and it kind of does some of those things. Oh, cool. Are you using Microsoft Lighthouse? No. Okay. Are you using Microsoft? Yes. How is it? It's not very good. It's kind of clunky and, you know, it kind of says this thing that it does on the tin, but it doesn't really work as we want it to because it's not being built, you know, with an MSP in, in mind. So I would say going deeper on Microsoft is, is, critical for us and really helping continue to simplify things for, for, for MSPs there. But um, as, as MSPs continue to adopt what we'll call SaaS services or, you know, uh, managed cloud security services, we'll get a better understanding of uh, the other apps that, you know, that people want to manage and secure. Because George, I don't think anyone, any MSP out there wants to become an expert in 45 different SaaS applications that, that people use. They want to be, they want to say, yep, I'll do your Microsoft. Um, e even today, people are like, mm, it's either Microsoft or Google, right? They kind of want to focus on one or the other. So understanding what the third and fourth is, maybe it is a QuickBooks, as you mentioned earlier. Maybe it's Adobe, maybe it's Slack. Um, we're, we're still trying to uh, work out based on, you know, our, our existing partners, as well as the channel at large, what what folks want to see. But right now I have our hands full with that, uh, really diving deeper and deeper into Microsoft and simplifying that security setup process. It'd be interesting because like, because your app does what the other RMMs don't, understanding what the SaaS app usage is at a kind of macro level. It'd be curious to tell once you get to a certain like critical mass, what the, what the percentages say, right? Is it yeah. like to your point, is it Adobe? Is it Canva? Is it Zero? Is it QuickBook? I'm sure like you're going to start to see trends on the apps that are being used widely versus the one-offs. I'm sure industry specific stuff's going to pop up, right? But you know, if you take all of that stuff and say that's 25%, 75% is still the the, you know, the majority across all industries of the most commonly used ones. So, you know, once you get a little bit more, I don't know, history underneath of you, I wonder if you'll be able to really tell us the community, well, here's the stuff that your system doesn't tell you, right? Here's what's actually yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that that data is our our kind of gold dust at the minute because we're already working with some other large players because that that's the list they want based on. I mean, we have over a million licenses deployed worldwide now, so we, we've got quite the data set. And yeah, everyone wants to know what the, what what the top ten are, um, right? So that that's our our gold dust at the minute. But what smart MSPs are doing because again, augments multi-tenant, and you can have that all companies view is go to all companies. Get that entire list of all the SaaS application usage across your, the MSP's entire IT estate, and then use the toggle to click most popular. And then you can see for yourself, you can see, okay, based on all of the users I've got under management, Microsoft is number one. That makes sense. I do a lot of work with Microsoft. Okay, interesting. This is number two. This is number three. Oh, interesting that not whatever uh, Slack is number three. Maybe I should start offering Slack backup services, okay? And beginning to think about other way, basically money that you're leaving on the table. There's a whole bunch of vendors out there that can back up Slack or Salesforce or whatever it is. And all you need to do is go to your clients and say, I've got this information. Your you know, second most or third most popular app is Slack. According to me, you're not backing that up. If all of a sudden you lost all the data and information associated with a Slack or or yeah, QuickBooks is a great example you talked about earlier, doesn't buy back itself up. That's all your financial information. If that just disappeared, what would that look like for your business? Probably, yeah. So so a couple of Yeah. So like the data backup, obviously, we talk about this all the time, but just where does is there data leaking out of the organization, right? Data loss for prevention, right? That's like a word that's maybe not as widely used as it should, but like we want to make sure the data is not leaving the organization to places that they don't know. And just straight up security, you can't you can't have compliance if like everybody's everywhere, right? So like that's definitely a problem. Like especially if you're in a regulated industry, if your employee 
for the end company or the employee for the MSP is starting to use things that don't comply in these different verticals, then all of a sudden you can't ever be in compliance, right? Exactly. And it comes back to, so it comes back to being proactive to have that, that full picture so that you can enforce, right? Monitor and enforce um, because yeah, compliance is, is coming and it's going to, it's going to fall really hard and heavy. And even reading um, uh, the UK's uh, new cyber strategy that, that they'll be rolling out over the next few years for up until 2025, they have a whole section in there that just like call out MSPs. They're like, there are these people, they're called managed service providers and they are a key cog in the IT machine. And that a whole page on that is dedicated to the SolarWinds and the Kaseya hacks, just talking about this is, there's these things called RMMs and they control, they like basically are like a little, um, you know, uh, one to many access point for users and systems all over the world. And, you know, SolarWinds got hacked and Kaseya got hacked and these are the people who are impacted. And this is why we need to have, you know, protocols and laws and compliance. And I was like, holy smokes, this is coming and it's going to come in the next few years. And so, yeah, MSPs are going to, uh, you know, really have to be on top of, of monitoring and enforcing um, the various different aspects of, of IT and having those reports to, to prove that. You know, cybersecurity insurance as well, right? That, that's a big topic right now about premiums going up, it being more difficult to get. Do, and, and the insurance guys don't know. They're not technical experts. I've, see, I've seen the, the questions, do you use MFA? Yes or no? It's like, what? MFA for who? For what? Under what circumstances, right? It's, it's not a yes or no question. So, yeah, the, you know, another Matt Lee word, defensibility, right? How, how well can you defend what you did and why you did it and when you did it, right? These are the things that are going to come down. I didn't even realize, I feel like the UK has clearly taken a page out of the US version of what you're talking about, CISA, right? Where, you know, the MSP is the bad guy. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, like, you know, it's like, well, wait a minute, I'm not Kaseya, I'm not Solar Winds, right? They're they're way upstairs for me, right? Why, why are you targeting me? Why aren't you talking to them? But it doesn't seem to be going that way. Yeah, I think it's it's just it, it's looking for um, I guess the the chinks in the armor. I think they they realize at a government level they realize like everyone's vulnerable breaches and 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 you know hacking is going through the roof. So how can they help secure um, many of the uh, uh, not not let let's face it if you're in the government you kind of know the public not not the smartest people. You put that we we even know in the channel you know from a technology lens not always the smartest people. So how can you uh, limit their ability to, to do, do damage? I think there, there's a crazy stat as well. Something like 90% of breaches in the next five years are going to be uh, a result of like a, a user error. So again, you can have all the technology bits and pieces in place, that defensibility, as you said, but you know, users can still uh, mess things up. So that's why I'm gonna, Sorry. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna, I might use that stat. Ninety percent of breaches over the next five years are because of a user, not necessarily. Yeah, just I'll find it for you. I think it's from Gartner. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I, I read that it was crazy. There was the one, it was at uh, IT Nation as well, George, where we were in London a few weeks ago, where on stage they mentioned there's now two devices for every person in the world. So I'm not sure what the total population of Earth is, but basically there's not enough devices where every two. I believe, I believe just last week we crossed 8 billion. Right. So what's that? So then 16 billion devices. And then, and that's great. So, you know, there's still work to be done with, with managing and securing devices. But to my point on applications, what's on those devices? Applications, right? Like how many different applications do you have on your phone, on your laptop, right? So SaaS and managing and securing it is is, is a big part of the future for for managed service providers for sure 100 percent. where are we going to see you next what's your what's your travel schedule look like travel schedule so i'm actually going to be back in ireland myself uh in may uh we're doing a, a the cyber expo event with renaissance there in dublin so uh we'll be checking that out and then uh we, we're also going to be at uh, seven figure in may in nashville as well so any folks who are attending uh seven figure in nashville can see us there and then june i think we've got some uh, options coming up. There's um, uh, what do we got in June? There's IT Nation Secure, uh, an ASCII show. Yeah, lots of bits and pieces. So I'm sure I'll be seeing uh, you face to face soon enough as well, George, and we can oh, uh, yeah. have pizza without the tuxedos. But Guinness, pizza and Guinness sounds like that's yeah. the one. Uh, so where can people find out more about 
Augment, the MSP program at Augment, maybe learn more how to like get in and see what it does? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll just share my screen really quick. I can just show you um, what are or not, it's disabled. That's okay. Basically, okay. the easiest thing is augment with two T's.com on our homepage. We've got two um, big call to actions there. One is start your free trial. So that's what I was talking about, where you can get a full NFR and 100 free licenses. You just need to set up your own account. So pop your uh, first name, last name, email address in, and we'll get that set up for you. Uh, the second option is to also book a demo. So if you want to go in and do a bit of a deep dive um, with uh, someone on our team, they can show you exactly what that SaaS list looks like. They can show you how simple and easy it is to start configuring the Microsoft checks and policies and then actually monitor and enforce it. That's something we can do as well. Um, for anyone who's maybe not want, wanting to, to click either of those two straight off the bat, our YouTube channel is a great source of information as well. So we've got demo videos on there. If you don't want to speak to a human being, we've got the Augment Minute series as well, which is just little short videos, how-tos on, you know, how to actually use the product as well. Uh, and some uh, uh, some webinars we've done as well. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear that the uh, the guys who originally started Enable were like, hey, let's, let's talk about the modern version of what we did back in the day. Definitely a need and uh, love the fact that you guys come from the MSP kind of pedigree, right? I think people who understand what it feels like to be in the trench usually build better solutions for the community here than coming down from enterprise. I think that's pretty, pretty widely agreed on. Uh, yeah. Plus, if you got to learn something from somebody, I mean, somebody with the name George, I approve. I think that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the key point as well. Like we only work with MSPs. So we don't sell direct to end users. It, we only work for MSPs. So Augment is a is a platform sort of, you know, buying for MSPs. 100%. George, thank you for jumping on. Looking forward to, you know, getting that pizza and Guinness with you later on down the line. Um, for anyone else, uh, this session was recorded. It's going to be posted on MSPinitiative.com. Now we can rewind and like remember what George said or when you get into, hey, I, I want to learn more about this. You can you know, just reference this webinar. You heard it here. And uh, we're looking forward for you guys to maybe you know, take, a, take you know, a couple offers here that he's thrown out there, even if it's just for your internal use, right? Check it out. See how it turns on against your internal system. Maybe that'll give you a clue, right? If, if this does something special, which frankly, I think the number one thing that this will do is save you time. Yeah, time. I agree. Yeah, definitely saving time and also better enabling your, your workforce. We know, I think that, you know, in the next 10 years, there's going to be this huge gap in demand for, for technical folks that, that, that just they just don't exist. I see job descriptions asking for a cybersecurity expert with 10 years experience. And I'm like, okay, so in 2013 is when you would be the start. I'm pretty sure cybersecurity didn't even exist as a term then. So having a platform that makes it easy for, you know, your L1 technicians or non-technical people to kind of get a, a basic understanding of what's going on to enable them and also help your clients is going to be critical moving forward. 100% agree. George, thanks for joining. For everyone else, catch you on the next one. Thanks, George. All right. See ya.